We're doing Laura Croft's Tomb Mold. Don't take my joke. He's going to take it. He presented you it. You can't. He's going to. Hey guys, welcome back to Musical Squares, the album review show where four friends sit around and talk about an album and decide if it's the best album ever. Or worst. Or the worst. Yeah. Or in between. That's true. <laughs> three options. There are three. Yes. <laughs> my name is Max. My, my name's lovely- Brett. Oh, what the fuck? Cut <laughs> <laughs> that. My name is Brett. Don't cut this. This is funny. <laughs> You're Brett. Okay. My name's Brett. My name is Nick. My name's Dennis. And today we are talking about Tomb Mold's Planetary Clairvoyance, which is a 2019 death metal album from the frozen frigid reaches of Canada. Had you guys ever heard of Tomb Mold before? You know, Max, I've heard the name. That's about it. Wow. I heard the name. I think a song or two um, is aware of them, at least, but never dove deep. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've heard of them, and I checked them out about a year ago. And yeah. My first exposure with them was um, a couple years ago, they released a demo of two songs from this album, the title track and Cerulean Salvation. And I really enjoyed it. And I started kind of keeping my eye on them. And then I noticed that they, their album from before was um, the manner of infinite forms was kind of one of the kind of like local or not local, but metal scene darlings albums of the year for 2018 um and i gave it a listen didn't really care for it but like i said the songs that they released for this one i really love so i started keeping my eye on them love it yeah when did you first hear this album uh when it came out oh i had it did you say that already and i didn't hear it no i had it pre-ordered um pre-ordered wow from Bandcamp. your real moldy head (laughs) I was sitting in my tomb collecting some mold. mold. <laughs> um, yeah, I was sitting in my tomb collecting mold. Huh. Clairvoying a planet. Well, I, I don't <laughs> think tomb mold's a very good name. I'm going to say it just right up top here. It's. Uh, I'm going to agree with Brett. Yeah. I like the name for the imagery that it conjures. It makes me feel like it's like a wet cave. like, But... Um, the fact that it's a video game reference makes it a lot worse for me. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, is, it is a reference to an item from Bloodborne, which is an item you use in the um, randomly generated dungeons in the game. I don't think it's like aesthetically good. Like the two M sounds back to back just doesn't work. And it's also not that threatening or cool. It's like de- Decayed Feet or Dying Fetus. Dying Fetus is a That's funny the name. That's the worst band name I've ever heard. I think the worst death metal band name is Cattle Decapitation. Yeah, that sucks too. That name's really funny. That's bad. Um, I mean, at least that's like kill. You're it's like a violent name. Yeah, I don't know. Dick. I like tomb mold because just think about like a tomb collecting black mold in it. That's gross. I guess. I mean, we could do a whole episode about extreme metal bands with terrible names. Anal cunt. <laughs> that's. That's a good one. <laughs> Have you ever yeah. heard their song, I Set Your Baby on Fire? No. 
I, I don't a good care. One. <laughs> um, so anyways, Two Mold is a very young band. Um, I don't know how old they are. I'd estimate they're late 20s. They're just boys. They're just baby boys. Just, you know, rocking out some some sick DM. Sweet sucklings. Sweet sucklings. Um, so this is their, they were kind of on a little hot streak. 2017, 2018, 2019, they all released, each one had an album. Um, and uh, so this was their third one in 2019. Um, and like I said, this was the one that kind of caught my attention. I don't really care for their other two as much. I like this one a lot. And so I decided to share it with my lovely boys. We love you for it. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> uh, album art. The famous segment, album art. Listeners, go ahead and pull up the album art on your PC or laptop. We'll wait. Mm-hmm. It's called <laughs> Planetary Clairvoyance. Yep, that's that's the album name. I like the album <laughs> art a lot. Um, it's very, you know... The, the dark blues and purples and then the garishly green logo. Yeah, the color scheme is, is kind of cool. There's that. I, you know what it reminds me of is Sepultura's Arise album cover. It does look like that. It does look like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But with, with blue and purple instead of red and orange. Yeah. We said earlier in our failed aborted outtake, uh, I think it's H.R. Geigerish with like a modern like vaporwave color scheme. Like yeah. The, Vibrant you, purples and greens. You actually mm-hmm. just hilariously exposed your ignorance. It's pronounced HR Geeker. <laughs> I'm not Dutch. Yeah. You're yeah. dumb. Is he Swedish? Swiss. He's Swiss. Swiss. He's Swiss. He was yeah. Swiss. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. Well, but yeah, no, sorry, Geeker. Album cover it, it looks like a cool magic card. It's awesome. Yeah, it looks like a very promising death metal uh, album cover. Um, it was done by a guy named Lucas Court. So, good job, Lucas. Hats off to you, Lucas. Honestly, Lucas, I'd like to give you some props here. Shout out to Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening. Hey, they're here on the back. They're standing in front of like a spooky old church. Yeah, that's a classic shot. That is a classic. So, something kind of interesting <laughs> about this band. Um, the drummer is also the vocalist, which is kind of why the vocals are a little... I mean, I you know I have no nothing to back this up with, but to me that's kind of why the vocals are probably a little one note, mm. a little kind of just you know a low guttural like <laughs> the whole time. It's uh, pretty standard death metal it, vocals, man. Says, yeah, they're they're the vocals to me are the weak point of the album. Um, but then when I think about the fact that he's also drumming and he has to do this live, it is impressive. It, it, I mean, it kind of always out. That yeah. always does impress me. It is impressive too that he doesn't he doesn't play kind of simple stuff when he's doing vocals all the time. Yeah, a lot of times he's still playing blast beats or kind of intricate fills and stuff. And drums are are very like physically demanding, and, and these kind of vocals I think are very physically demanding too. Yes. So, you want to give a rundown on the band members real quick? They have four band members. Max Klebanoff does the drums and Slash Fox. Derek Vella does the guitar. Steve Musgrave does the bass. Payson Power does the guitar. Never heard the name Payson before. Millennials. But, <laughs> yeah. Canadian millennials. Yeah, I looked them up. Actually, their their first two out or first album, it was just the drummer and the guitar player. They did everything. So, so which guitar two. player? I don't know. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> I think you Der- heard it here. Derek was the the original guy. Cool. Fact check that real quick. Cool. I'm clicking around. I'm clicking around. Yeah, it was Derek. Payson brought the power later. I like that. You should email him that. Shout out to Payson. Shout yeah. out to Payson. Um, <clears throat> Dennis, I know you've kind of you don't really like death metal too much, do you? Um, I like about as much death metal as I like hip hop. So very little. Yeah. Okay. And and Brett, you don't really care for death metal either, do you? Uh, Brett Scott, former death metal vocalist. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I was a kid. I uh, is that true, Brett? I like some of the stuff. What? You used to do DM Vox with Alec. His first, we were in a band. His first, <laughs> his first musical project was he a death metal band. It to be called Rape or <laughs> Pedophile or something. Oh, Jesus! I wanted it to be called Metal Mutiny. We were going in different directions. <laughs> I remember sitting in art class. There was there was a rift right at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> sitting in art class and me and you would make Alex. sick Metal Mutiny logos. <laughs> Alex, I don't know about the name Pedophile Man. <laughs> <laughs> the best band name you ever came up with was Clitoris Abomine. <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> the Abominable. <laughs> that was some real music. Dude, dude that song sucked. <laughs> Josh we was like, get halfway through it. Josh was like, really, how do you no, play? Then we go back to Rise, Satan, Rise. <laughs> that was just the name of the part. <laughs> Josh was like, how do you play the solo? And you said, just on a higher register, I guess. <laughs> I just played the riff higher. Go up the little strings, man. Why are you asking me? With the tiny strings. <laughs> Solo strings. I say um, <laughs> solo strings. <laughs> I I have a, a mild fondness for old school death metal, but it's not something that I really listen to. No, I I do. I don't know. I've been to a, like a ton of death metal concerts, and I have a knowledge of the formation of it and the you know all those early Florida bands, some of the Swedish ones, and then I really lose it loses my interest after like nineteen ninety five. And it's all the same bullshit. Death metal is very, very hit and miss for me. There's some bands that kind of, like Death and Morbid Angel are kind of, you know, a few of their albums are in my like top five. And then the majority of death metal, I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about this. But uh, Tomb Mold, I feel like kind of what I do. You're making fucking squeaky sounds when you're handling your microphone. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear it. Okay, so anyways. Tomb Mold, to me, I know since you guys said you don't really know a lot about, you know, you're not super into death metal. They have a very, um, Finland in the early 90s, their death metal sound was very particular. Uh, and Tomb Mold, kind of the reason why they, they caught my ear, they sound a lot like those early Finnish bands, but mixed with... Uh, like 89 90 florida bands like when death started getting progressive and when morbid angel kind of lost their thrashy edge well, a little bit it to me it sounds like covenant like like that or um that's what i was thinking too yeah it's kind of like covenant he's got david vincent thrower. vocals too and the guitars are kind of yeah a lot of it's kind of it's kind of mid-paced a lot of the fast drums yeah. What are the Finnish bands that you're referring a lot, to? A lot of the riffing reminds me of like Entombed. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't guitar listened to wise. a lot of Entombed, so I don't really know. 
And it sounds like they're trying to go for that, that like that tone, that buzz song. See, I would one hundred percent disagree with you there because normally the the buzz saw tone is you know, sounds like a buzz saw. This is really deep and nope. full and kind of like like I cavernous. Wouldn't, sounds. I wouldn't call it full, but I I feel like they're trying to do the buzz saw thing, but they're not. When I was a teenager, 100%. my uncle gave me that. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying that I feel like the the tone of the guitar is trying to go for that buzzsaw, like entombed type feel, but it's not. It's it's got a different quality to it because it's not as bassy. See, I think if you listen to other the other kind of huge like old school modern death metal bands like Gate Creeper and stuff, those bands sound exactly like the Swedish entombed and um what whatever the other ones were autopsy or dismember or whatever they autopsy ex- is from florida yeah i was yeah. thinking i was thinking of um is it aborted you're asking <laughs> aborted was like a later band though. were they yeah i think i'm thinking of dismember probably i know dismember and entombed those yeah. were like the really those are the big ones yeah yeah i think those bands sound like they're trying to ape the like the left hand path style and this band sounds to me like they're more trying to sound like uh like if bolt throwers from florida a little bit i can sort of hear the bolt thrower but i don't know maybe i can hear that you know uh that that tone that swedish death metal guitar tone it's supposedly it's that boss hm2 pedal i say it's called hm2 when i was a teenager my uncle gave me one of those with my first guitar and then chris Ooh. borrowed it and then like lost it <laughs> i'm like i ask him about it every time i'm like why'd you lose that man where is it it's probably in his closet it's worth like it's like an 80s one it's worth like 200 bucks that bastard son of a bitch man Shout out, but a bad shout out to Chris. Let it be known. Let it be known that Carl is a son of a bitch. He's on my list. You have a list? (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's just Carl. It says says my list, number one, Carl. And And sometimes Nick. Is Hulk Hulk Hogan on the list too? (laughs) I think Hulk Hogan should be a man. Because I saw his box office receipts. (laughs) No one cares. Dude's a joke. Dude's a joke. And, you know, Macho Man had a starring role in Spider-Man. That's true. He did. But back to Tomb Mold. Back to Tomb Mold. Should we, we have to? <laughs> but a uh, fun little story about Tomb Mold. Um, I looked up some of their live videos on YouTube, and I watched it. And the guitar player, Derek Vela, um, I thought it was really funny. When I was watching and I didn't know anything about the band, I, I thought he was a girl. Um, because he was wearing short shorts, little hot pants, mm-hmm. and he's got very feminine legs. Interesting. And um, it reminded me of when Merciful Fate was falling apart in the 80s when Hank Sherman kept showing up to live shows in like pink leotards <laughs> and like hot pants, <laughs> and everybody was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then the band breaks up. So if we know... You know, two mold breaks up next year. I think it's because of the hot <laughs> pants. The short shorts. They say history repeats itself. That yeah. reminds me of, um, I have a nuclear assault. Nuclear assault. Thank you. <laughs> CD. And it has a DVD on it. And I don't remember that the Billy 
his name is Billy something, the guy in, in Nuclear Assault. Mm-hmm. But the show that he's playing, he all he has on is underwear. And his hair is like so long and it keeps falling on his guitar and he keeps smacking out of the strings and stuff. It looked very painful. He was very like 90s smart ass. Yes. Super Bart Simpson. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, they like called that. I really hate. They called that album, the, the, it was called Handle With Care and it was The Earth, but it was stamped with Handle With Care. Fuck. You know what they say? The biosphere in which we live <laughs> seems like we don't give a damn. Seems like we don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. That's the only nuclear assault song I've ever heard. That's the only one you needed to hear. So anyways, you let's get hang into... the Pope. No. Hang the Pope. Hang, hang the, the Pope. Hang, hang the, the Pope. Pope. Hang with the fucking rope. <laughs> Genius. Then it was over. You don't remember Mother's Day? Where it was Mother's Day, Mother's Day. You Mother's can keep Day, listening Day. songs, I'm not gonna remember them. Nick, do you have one? Nah. Do you remember a new song? You remember that one, right, Brett? You remember New Song. They introduce the live, they go, this one's called New Song. No. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about track number one, Beg for Life. I think it's a silly title. These titles are all silly. Yeah, they're all a little silly. <laughs> I'm a negative motherfucker here. Um, this is like Nick with the police. They're simmering over there thinking Stink sucks at playing bass. I never said he sucked at playing bass. So anyways, Beg for Life. Um, this is probably my least favorite song on the album. Really? Straight up. Really? Mm-hmm. This is, no, this is like the one of the catchiest riffs, that intro. No, I like... that's. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. I love this album. This is probably my least, my maybe my least, my second least favorite song on it. On it, this is one of, if not my favorite one. I it's probably to me the catchiest one because I, uh, I tried to listen to this album several times and got like a couple tracks in. So this so is I've the one heard, you remembered the most. I just heard this one the most. Yeah, um, I like the song. I like the the kind of that kind of muted, extended intro. It does. With a with a real similar, it's cool. Uh, simple, it's cool atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, it's a very atmospheric song. The um, Dennis, uh, yeah, I like the evil build-up intro too. It sounded promising. The vibe of it all is very alien, like the movie, the horror movie sounds, mm-hmm. especially at the end. And we'll talk about that. But it does like, and the Giger-ish artwork. Yeah, this. I mean, it's it's impossible to tell because the vocals are utterly unintelligible. But it it is a concept album about a something that that turns a planet, it turns all the the life force on a planet into like goo that eats itself and consumes, goo? consumes the planets or something. I enjoy goo. You like shooting goo? <laughs> Shoot goo, <laughs> like Spider Man. Uh, this will be a. Uh... I can say about this song, but this will be a theme with me throughout the album. Is uh, I like when this band does the doomy death metal riff stuff. Yeah. That's that's the best shit on the album, and this song literally like opens with one of those riffs, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the kind of stuff would that you, I really like. Would you call that so that intro intro riff that's like down 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 
That's like mid pace to me. I wouldn't. I didn't consider that like doomy. It's the morbid angel-y it's thing. By the way, the snare hits are like. I would say it's doomy death metal. Yeah. Yeah, doomy death metal. I guess what I'd say. I mean, that's when they slow down. They only have like two speeds. Yeah. So it's like, I. And then clean part for a yeah they have like 100 bpm and then like 160 bpm i kind of that's it they have a real slow i kind of felt like and we talk you guys want to talk about the acoustic break (laughs) the acoustic that's one of the i knew you were all gonna say it's guilty or or goofy and shit but like i i love i kind of like it oh i liked it it's okay i I even like it when the vocals come in like yeah you got that cool (laughs) tribal drum beat and then one of the very few times a metal band has ever recorded acoustic with growling vocals on top uh, I'm gonna I, say, I liked it when when he started doing the vocals over the top i thought it sounded cool i'm gonna say this song starts a trend that does go through the whole album um where they don't like repeat riffs they'll have like a cool hooky riff and then just do something else this album is like riff on riff on riff on riff yeah i kept yeah, wanting i found um, oh go ahead that it's yeah it's it's kind of like they just smashed a bunch of shit together yeah and then I, it's like now we do this thing now we do this thing. And then See, now it's a cl- classical guitar thing. I kept wanting to, um, like when I was listening really intently and making my notes for this album, I kept wanting to call certain parts like a chorus. But then I was like, oh, they only do this once, though. I know. Like, they, they, <laughs> they'll, they'll, but that's a that's an old school death metal kind of trope, though, sometimes. I mean, like... Sometimes. It, well, see, and I, I was thinking about it. The, the way they write song structures is so kind of dynamic and fluid and non-stop that it's almost progressive but it's not progressive at all like in the way this is written it's just technical yeah it's just it's very they, they play I, a lot <laughs> they play a lot of stuff on this but that's that's kind of the reason why this is my one of my least favorite songs on the album is that there's so many cool parts but they don't they don't ever stop to let like a cool part breathe for a while besides the intro the I, song is the the cool long doomy intro the stuff and then the acoustic part and then the doomy outro riff and i feel like the song is a little too dynamic for its own good i don't know i i have uh even though i feel like the album is consistent like across all the songs i feel like about half of them i feel like the composition doesn't really speak to me but this is one where i i actually like the composition of the song it feels very on purpose and the whole thing feels like neat and tight and i like it and it's a weird song yeah i don't know i liked it to me all these songs basically lack composition i mean it's just a pile of riffs and this is i mean i can only judge them by like which one has the coolest riff Mm -hmm. and this i like the intro riff I mean, with a with a with a lot of music that's you know this kind of extreme, a lot of it is just kind of cool riffs at one after another. Yeah, but there's some modicum of structure normally, you know, like return to this hook. I feel like the structure is very on purpose. It's very and like I said in, in some of the songs. I um, I feel like I get it. And I connect with like what they're doing, even if it is kind of frantic, and I and I like it. But then the other half, I'm like, uh, I feel like half the album is jumble riffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a thing that would work for a song or two, 
but then it's seven of these you know yeah that's like jumping ahead a little bit the song um i listened to this album probably you know like 60 times over the last year and a half but the the song cerulean salvation i can never remember how it goes that's the only one that returns to that's the only one with like any structure that one i just remember had but the intro sounds like death and then i don't remember anything it's like the only one where they play off of a riff change something else and then return to that riff like a few times for the first half and then they just start doing they don't i've written down every time they do that (laughs) (laughs) two songs i did think about when i was driving over here i was thinking about it would have been fun to write down how many riffs are in each song that's big i have uh, morbid angel riff morbid angel ooh fast death metal riff (laughs) The only three, four words I could hear in this album are on this song. He goes, Fear the skin, burn. Let's see if he actually says Classical that. guitar, mid-pace thing, fast thing. I heard what he said into the acoustic break. He says, I thought it was really fitting because he says, uh, life begins again, and then it goes all acoustic and like nice. And I was well, like, oh, that's cool. I'm sure I'd appreciate that if I could understand a fucking word this guy was saying. <laughs> the only thing... Grandpa I, hates death metal. <laughs> what I can tell is when he when he's in an infinite resurrection, because he goes, he screams infinite, and I can tell what he's saying. It's, um... You can, I mean, this is my stream of consciousness as I wrote this. You know, mid-paced thing, fast thing. Kind of cool, spooky, harmony, guitars thing. It's 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 a stream of consciousness riffing, and it's like to me it's not it's not like songwriting. Yeah, it's kind of cool for a song, but then it keeps doing this. I mean, um, I guess if you view songwriting as just verse verse <laughs> chorus, yeah. yeah, I mean, sure, they're they're they are learning the same riffs as each other in the same order. I mean, I think I think all all of it flows together, and it forms a kind of a, a, a coherent, you know, like like I said, flowing structure. Yeah. Where, like I said, this song is one of the ones I I like the composition of it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a great. I get it's a great it. Mood setter too with that again with that weird. This is one break. of the yeah. This is one of the songs on the album that really fits the uh, the premise that like. The, like the tone is trying to give off and whatnot i'm like yeah this works like mm-hmm. i feel like slimy gross space shit in this one i'll say and it's it's in basically every song the um like the lead guitar tone it, it when it pops in it's really like distant and washy and like it's maybe like a chorus effect or something so it sounds big but far away it's like it's got like a lot of like it's got a lot of like treble to it Kinda. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the tone I am, consists of, but it, it's really consistent through the whole album. I appreciate what they did. It's unique with I think. that tone. And I get what they're going for, but I will say um it doesn't always work for me. Like in, in certain contexts of some of the riffs and stuff. That's usually the part that I kind of enjoy cuz it's like bringing a melody into the song. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the the last song, I mean jumping ahead again, Heat Death has that one weird like very melodic uh line about halfway through yeah Yeah. but that's i wanted to say the um a lot of the lead work to bring up death again a lot of the lead work is extremely chuck schuldner from death specifically chuck schuldner from leprosy through human i think the solos and leads are more like slayer 
They're kind of just that like I um, think they have two few dis- notes discordant, but like see what's the seasons in the abyss when they slowed down it's just kind of discordant like spooky sounding rip like lead guitaring that harmonize and then the solos are you know like just chaos see i don't know there's only four good slayer or there's only three good slayer (laughs) albums and only four of us so well i don't know that album fair it's uh you know it's kind of the style they did for a while there it's kind of it's kind of bad is what i would say god damn max we're not reviewing slayer right now yeah talk about so welcome back to musical squares today we're talking about seasons in the abyss um i don't like it alec from pedophile got me that album for christmas (laughs) of pedophile fame (laughs) well pedophile band (laughs) so anyways um do you guys have anything else to add would you like to beg for life anymore? Uh, the only thing that I want to add is, uh, and I guess this could go for a lot of the album, but it's just something that I made a note for on this song that I noticed was that uh, the drums are really focal for me. Uh, they're they're very severe and pounding. The drum but, work is incredible. Yeah, in this album. It, but it's it's like uh, it's not too technical, but just enough to like be noticeable. Like you can tell he really worked on it, and it was like composing from riff to riff like just really well thought out i like the drums a lot actually on this album i think most of the time he does a lot of he just does a lot of you know moment to moment different stuff Mm -hmm. he's not just constantly doing double bass you know and then like a snare every hit or just doing blast beats he does a whole lot of interesting you know a lot of cool fill work stuff like that which again i think is why the vocals suffer is that i don't think i, 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 really I don't, don't think really. the vocals sound any worse than most death metal bands and granted he's not recording those vocals as he plays the drums you know his vocals what i don't like about them is that they have the very like drawn out he doesn't have a lot of uh rhythmic like yeah he's he got a lot of like the <clears throat> that kind of makes every word flow together mm-hmm. so it's very hard to tell what he's saying it kind of just sounds like he's like bellowing a little bit um, know, instead I, of just you know like kind of like growling, to, I don't know. I, th- I, I to think me it they're fits pretty, the music. Yeah, to right. me they're pretty much by the book. Like it sounds like David Vincent. Well, that's that's maybe that's, a little less intelligible, but the music is also a little more. I don't know. The production is different. You know, that's what I mean too. Is that his vocals are just very generic. Yeah, I guess so. It's death metal. You yeah. know, I like it a lot when he does his like higher pitched stuff that he does maybe in like three or four songs, and I wish he did it more. Um, I but agree with you there. When he does do it, you know, it you stands out a lot. I agree with that. Yeah, those are like the only times that I enjoyed the vocals. Yeah. So it, he, it sounds I really cool. I remember register. maybe two parts where he goes, yeah. yeah, those are the best parts. Yeah, he goes, la, la, la. suppose. It's cool. They're pretty, I mean, they're they're an afterthought, obviously, but it's kind of par for the course in this style of death metal i think I this this band very definitely you never go like vocals. do that fucking death metal singer was awesome you know they're all kind of the same they're one of the death metal bands that treats the vocals as another instrument instead of you know vocals they're just kind of another layer on top hmm. um I, the only other thing that i had to add for big for life is i like the middle eastern flavor to the guitar solo later in the song I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. 
Should we move on to the next track? Uh, the song Planetary Clairvoyance. Yeah, the title track. With the one of my favorite riffs of this all time. Titular. Did you just say tit? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this song, this was the song that was on the demo that I was talking about. And the second that riff comes in, about three minutes in. Brand uh, new sin riff. That is not a brand new sin riff. That is pure brand new sin, That's the, yeah. Are you guys going to make fun of that riff? Totally. That is that is our joke band. What was our band? Bronco Fist. Bronco Fist. No. That's pretty Bronco Fist. That's also the beginning of one of the one of the most severe old school death metal tropes and it's the the thrashy headbanging riff at the very end that's not related to the rest of the song yeah it's fucking awesome to be fair i wrote brand new sin riff in parentheses stupid but kind of rocks it's awesome it it's, just makes you go you should check i mean you should check out, <laughs> you should sin. Check out <laughs> no that's like the most that's and isn't that does he do it earlier in the song or is it during that riff when he does that he does one of his oohs, but it's like an, a really airy one. And he's like, ooh. That's <laughs> like, it, that's it like, when that when the when every other instrument kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that riff, dude, that, that riff, it's like one of my favorites ever. I fucking love it. The the brand new sin riff? It's pretty brand new it's sin. It's not brand new sin. It's it's death metal as fuck. That's mm. not very I could see like I could see uh, like entombed doing that. Yeah, it's when just they go a into fucking like a goofy punkish thing, you know. It's it's just made to make you, you know, frown and and spin your head around. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, it made me frown. Yeah. <laughs> this is I'm I'm really upset right now. I, to be well, honest, uh, let me make you feel a little bit better, Max. I kind of appreciated the thrashiness of that riff. Or um, Saint Anger. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I can hear that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It comes in with a. <laughs> you and I think it's bullshit. <laughs> but no, man, I, I I love that riff. This is my favorite, the second favorite song on the album because it just that's the I mean, only that's one of the few memorable parts on the album is when it just it just everything stops and they play a cool riff for the last two minutes. I love it. Yeah, I, I like that part too where they did like a false ending and then the riff comes in, uh, just a guitar riff, and then you know the other instruments come in. But that's that's a trick they use a few too many times on this album, and it's. Where they just stop. It, yeah, there's like a false ending and then just the guitar riff comes in. They do that a few too many times. I wasn't joking when I said that the, the thrashy riff at the end is a total old school death metal trope too. I mean, like just like the song stops and then it's like, this, another part. This entire album is a trope and a cliche. Eh, I don't know about I, I all of it. I agree with that. I, I wouldn't say all of it I'm is. I'm a 100% that the entirety of this album is cliche. If you show me this in a month and say like, yeah, this is more of an angel. I go, oh. <laughs> See, that... That's not a bad thing. I'm going to sound real It is elitist. kind of in 2019. That tells me that you've listened to very little death metal. If you think this sounds exactly like Covenant or something. No, but I mean, if you say this is some, <clears throat> like, early 2000s Morbid Angel album, like Heretic, that I've never heard, I'd say, yeah, maybe. Again, that just shows me that I mean, it's just like with Dokken earlier. If you that Dokken re-recording, you could have told me this was a Dokken album from 1983, like that exact re-recording. I would have said, all right. Even though it said re-recording on the title? 
You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? So if I showed you two mold planet, planetary clairvoyance and said... I would recognize that. Because that's the only different thing they do in this whole album. <laughs> See, I don't know. There's, there's that riff. There's the clean part in Beg for Life. Um, I can't think of anything else. See, to me, that this... The lead guitar is also something unique that they do. That sound that they... When it kind of comes in droney, like... Like, that sound that... It pops in on every song. That is a unique sound that they have. Yeah, there's not a lot... See, And there are some cool riffs. What sets this band apart for me is that there's kind of like a... They're less focused on being, like, oppressive and, like, murky, like a lot of modern death metal bands are. Um, and it's got... It's just a little fun, you know? Like, it's catchy and it's memorable. Mm. It sounds like they're having a good time instead of they're just trying to blast away and... and have like a really heavy atmosphere i like the aesthetic i wouldn't agree that it's memorable i wouldn't either i'd say it's completely forgettable really? they have yeah. some atmosphere and i think the yeah the atmosphere is what drew me into it but i don't feel it's on every song no but yeah. it comes it it comes in the con conceptual package with like those intros and that one interlude track and the artwork like you can tell it's you know kind of like they're going for a thing yeah they're going for a thing and it does give you that like you know even in a song that doesn't have that vibe you kind of feel like okay this i'm supposed to be like lost in space or something spiraling in the abyss mm -hmm. like i get i get what they're going for totally but i i just wouldn't say it's like memorable <laughs> except the brand new sand riff <laughs> Not that's the only time they really rock it's it's definitely a little bit of a billy riff but it's a badass billy riff <laughs> very much billy but. uh no see this band compared to a lot of the other modern death metal bands that are kind of just aping you know 1991 these guys stand out a lot to me because it sounds like they're they've taken all the influences but they still kind of do their own thing i just i don't agree with that Wait, let's, we're only let's, two songs in let's <laughs> Well, the next song. <laughs> it's falling apart. Uh, I, I mean, just talking about the title track, uh, I mean, this whole album is pretty much just riff salad. Uh, there's good riffs in there. Um, I, I don't like the vocals on, on the entire album, but I think he puts in a good performance on this track. Um, he there shows a little bit of range. Uh, he's usually very monotone. Um, I mean, I'm with Brett that I know what they're going for with like the, the sci-fi theme and just being like vast space. You're going into an abyss and it's all very spooky, scary, but I don't feel like the sci-fi theme and the technicality work well with the caveman death metal vocals. I, they should have a better vocalist. I feel like, uh, just to chime on that, cause it's pretty relevant in this song, but I feel like, um, the music in this song, a lot of the riffs, um, it's like old school death metal trying to evolve into modern day tech death. But like, it's like the two sides of this band, instead of molding together, are like fighting each other. Like the knuckle dragging old school shit is like fighting the technicality. See, that's what I yeah. like about it because no, no one else in the modern 
death metal scene kind of sounds like that. The modern I mean, death metal scene is either uber it's, technical. That or to it's me is the different caveman. That to me is the different thing about them. And I don't listen to enough death metal to know other bands that have done that or maybe do that like suffocation like they kind of started on that more brutal like technical thing but yeah kind of a bridge gap. yeah this this song in particular feels kind of bridgy to me or at least that's what they're like going for um but this one i i my main note on it was just saying uh it's interesting if anything but the the riffs don't stick with me as much as some of the other songs in the album, but it's enjoyable while I listen to it, but it's one of those that I can't really recall a lot of just off the top of my head. Well, I mean, that could besides be like a brand I new said, sin riff. I've listened to this <laughs> That's album. That's the most memorable part of the album for sure. I've listened to this album like dozens of times cause I, you know, I really, really like it. So, I mean, that's what helps me remember shit. when <laughs> I've listened to it a lot. Oh, I did have a note in here cause there's, there's a riff that I remember like, when the guitars, when they're doing the blast beat part before the brand new sin, like, and the and the solo comes in the thing. Yeah, well, one of the guitars is playing that like crazy, more technical thing. One of the guitars is just playing like a melody, going. That like, was, or whatever. That reminded me of Slayer. I think. Yeah. It's this song, right? But like, it's just playing that one riff like really caveman-y just like this melody and like i get what they were going for and i think in theory it's cool but it sounds fucking like mother goosey to me <laughs> like it's <laughs> like nursery goose. rhymey <laughs> like yeah like it's like just like on it if you were to just play it on its own it's like just like someone <laughs> like it's just like it i don't know it just i wouldn't say it bugged me but it just it just stuck out to me really bad the lead guitar work is pretty non-technical, which I think is not a bad thing. Yeah, like you said, They're it's very not, dissonant. I think the lead guitar is, like you said, it's not technical, but I think it's it's just really well thought out. Like they like it, it feels very on purpose. Yeah, like the leads the lead stuff is what I like remember the most in every song because it just stands out because it's just different, you know. Yeah, the lead guitar work is one of the highlights of this album definitely differentiates it a bit so should we move on to the uh the song that i think is pointless i was i was actually really surprised on the album dude yeah (laughs) it's the best song you like the and doors opening i actually thought it was a really cool fitting interlude i'm with i'm with nick this is top track on the album for me (laughs) i wouldn't say top Uh. track but i i like the clean guitar tone and i think it's Mm -hmm. really moody and it fits I think it's fucking stupid to put a three-minute interlude two songs into an album. Well, that shows how much of a silly goose you are because this is, this is. Uh, well, Max, you haven't been a moldhead very long. <laughs> Let us tell you yeah. why this is good. You don't this, even like old school mold. <laughs> I think this is integral to the album. Um, I, I think it builds tension really well, and it fits the sci-fi theme of the album very well too. Um, and some of the sound effects reminded me of scanners hypertrace and i'm all about that it does fucking kind of sound like that yeah nice (laughs) you like how i segued into good music (laughs) how did you do that see magician i don't mind this song as like an ambient atmospheric track but i just i don't know why you would put it two songs in 
I, I honestly think it works. I mean, I think it works really I'm well. I think like, it breaks up the. Oh no, that's about it. It could terribly. go anywhere. I think it is more setting a tone. I think. See, to me, it, it breaks it up. I think this should be the fourth song. This should be the end of side A. Probably type of deal. Um, because they do they do it a lot. They do it at the end of the the last two songs. Both have about a minute of spooky atmospherics. Um. Mm-hmm. But I just think this breaks up the pace. I skip the song almost every single time I listen to it. I I don't know how you could do that because if if I skip this song, my brain would turn to spaghetti much faster. <laughs> and I mean about tr- track five, but like in a brutal way. I think this song. Or <laughs> yeah. this, I think the album yeah. benefits from a break in the pace because it's pretty mm, homogenous. I don't want to say monotonous because I'm being mean. Homogenous would be fitting. I was going to say monotonous. It's monotonous. This album is monotonous. <laughs> I like it, and I don't mind that it's track three. Yeah. Is that your foot? Yes, that's my foot. Nice. See, I always felt, um, I mean, if you cut out this song, which is basically nothing but sounds and some... some there, there's shit going on, Max. Some muttering. And then if you cut out the last minute of cerulean salvation the last two minutes of heat death which is more just sounds this album is like 32 minutes long and for me i feel like those atmospheric stuff was kind of just there to pad the runtime to make it not a 30 minute album uh i mean i i don't know maybe maybe they did that maybe they didn't i don't know i mean yeah i will say again i guess it is a little harsh to say this song's pointless. I think the tr- I just think the placement is terrible. I think two song two two like frenetic fast death metal songs in and then you put in a you know an atmospheric three minute three minute long track is just just poor placement. I think we're kind of going in circles, <clears throat> but yeah, um, I said the same thing about seven times in a row. Yeah. Well. I mean, if that's all we've got to say about it, we can move on. Did you have anything to say, Brett? I said I think it works. I think it helps to set or build a tone. It's like world building. Mm-hmm. And probably later in the album, it wouldn't, you know, I don't know. You kind of have it in your head earlier on, you know. I I think it works where it is. It, really, it could go fucking anywhere. See, I think, I think that that's kind of like a... You guys all seem to like interludes in albums. If like interludes if and intros. Is, if it is a concept a conceptual album and it works as a piece, you know I don't know. If it if it is good, yes. If it is not good. I usually skip almost every intro, interlude, outlude uh, <laughs> outlude <laughs> outros on albums. I'm I'm not really I'd like to listen to Your singles man. The songs. I feel like this album wants to be listened to as a whole and wants to be like it wants to engulf you in the feelings that it's trying to evoke. Engorge you? Yeah. One last thing I will say. I got this album and there is a Icelandic black metal band called Mysterium that released an album um, I think like a month before but it was just kind of kind of funny coinkadink that that album also has the third song 
is, in my opinion, a poorly placed atmospheric interlude. What are the odds of that? What are the odds? <laughs> Would you pull up an odds calculator? Up. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> uh, one, one in a million. One in a million. One in a million, huh? Two bands doing a similar kind of thing. Hmm. Wow. Crazy. Should we go into track four? Can we? Infinite Resurrection. Infinite Resurrection. <laughs> this is this is one of the songs that I like. <laughs> I like this one a lot, but it's hard for me to remember a lot of it. Uh, this is probably my favorite one. I like the really yeah the slow riffs in this song are awesome. The, that's that's yeah. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> the slow riffs are the best. I don't remember the song, but I can tell you that from my notes, there's a punkish riff and there's a groove riff. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some really cool riffs. Um, what I could call quote unquote the chorus, they only do it once, but um, I like that riff a lot. The the that's gotta be groove riff. Yeah, I like that riff. Before a lot. there's a punk, it's like a power chord. Like. I was like, this is the only song that I feel like uh, the lyrics and the cadence that he sings uh, like really locks in, and again, it's it's got kind of a groovy like tone to it, but it's kind of catchy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought I do think. Um, the lyrics on this song are the best. I just really like that one line where he says, uh, of bile and slime, their sign is imprinted on my soul. <laughs> Those are good I lyrics. Like, I like that. That sounds like something you would enjoy, Nick. <laughs> I like that a lot. For uh, Plague Fiend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt like this this song, as much as I say, you know, it's kind of hard for me to remember a lot of it. Um, it's kind of hard for me, this album, to, because like you guys have said, it's kind of just like a riff salad. I remember the riffs. It's kind of hard for me to remember. Like, was Was that that song or was that that song? But um, this song is very dynamic. This song has a lot of like ebbs and flows, and I think it it works extremely well. I think got a great doomy breakdown too. I think is that slow solo? Yes. (laughs) Well, I can tell you it does fast thing, slow thing with fast kicks, slow solo, mid pace, cool riff, and then some lead metal guitars. That's. Metal guitars. <laughs> See, I, the the solo is very very. Uh, solo is very bold thrower. Uh, the I think by metal guitars, it sounded like it was like an '80s metal lead. Like it sounded like they were harmonizing, like a Scorpions kind of thing. Yeah, because I had a note in here that said another cool solo slash melody. Um, like I said, I like the guitar tone, but it is it, it this song. And most of the songs, to me, um, it just feels so separate in the mix a lot of the time. I like, I that, like the, that. I like that the leads are really high in the mix and they sound completely different. Yeah, they sound distant, and it. I think that's a tonal, like that's a obviously a choice because they do it on every fucking song. But it's yeah, a cool, it's, yeah, it's a cool tone. I think it's speaking like they're in a completely different channel or something. Speaking of something they do every song, they do it in this one. Um, I think they. It sounds like they like layer one note a million times or it might be a chorus effect or something yeah now that uh something else that they love to do is the one of my death metal tropes that i don't like is where when they do something cool and like have a sweet riff and they kind of go somewhere with it it's like they don't know what to do so they just start blasting (laughs) and do something like it's just like we've got to get to the other part but let's just (laughs) fucking blast for a while frantic riffing and shit that's there's planetary clairvoyance dumb slow slash fast burst thing 
It's like a. I, obviously, I don't. Was that about it. the song, or are you just talking about the whole? That's album? a thing in it. It was. It was. A, it's like. That's I think just horrible. <laughs> I'm gonna go on record. I love that. <laughs> it. I do like that they do that four times, like they do everything four times, and then they. Four times, good amount of times. And then they do four more, but then they don't do the bur- The guitars are still tremoloing, but the drums are slow that time. The drums keep the same pace. That's interesting. Nick, you would probably, you'd probably be able to tell, but on the, the two good Children of Bodom albums, Hate Breeder and Follow the Reaper, <laughs> those are the only ones you call good? Yeah. Which one had incoming? Are you dead yet? Oh, I love that. On those two albums, they never do a riff more than three times in a row before they change it up to something. Like any any melody, any pattern, anything. They do it three times, and then they change up. It's kind of like an interesting little thing to keep in three out for. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. Three is, that they'll is play interesting. Like, they'll play like three measures of something and then swap it up to something else. Something I noticed. Never noticed that. I don't listen to that 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 kind of thing. You but. wouldn't say you fucking yao yao? <laughs> I fucking yao yao, man. It's like George Bull. Bull. It's not fucking yao yao. It's like you fucking wasted out on the beach. Get a fucking buried my head up in the sand like yao. <laughs> Have you ever heard they're looking at my back door cover? He's like, <laughs> dude, 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 looking at my back door. Yow. <laughs> That's great. Hanoi Rocks did that one, right? Up and around the no, bend. Up around the bend. Different. Speaking of different uh, song, rocks. Huh? Speaking of rocks. Yeah. Speaking what of. What do you guys think about the sediment layer? The what? The sediment layer we got here. Do you think it could be bigger? It's kind of like a silty loam. Yeah. Do you think there's too much clay in this part of town? What the fuck are you talking about? Dirt. I. Dirt, which is just rocks. The pH you know? levels are pretty good this time of year. The only dirt I know is the Motley Crue biopic. <laughs> which is it biopic or is it biopic? I don't it's know. It's both. I'm... It's actually both. R.I.P. Razzle. Yeah. R.I.P. Razzle. R.I.P. Razzle. Is that was that a segue tying back into me talking about Hanoi Rocks somehow? It's what I was thinking about, and then and you, you did say something about dirt, so then I was like, I'm bringing it back, I'm bringing it back, baby. See, I was just listening to Loudness the other day, so I was going to talk well about done. Loudness for a minute, but now I don't want to. Well, back on topic with Infinite Resurrection. Um, um, I don't really like how this song starts immediately after the interlude. Oh, because it's like just right into it. Yeah, it just goes right into it, and it sounds really stereotypical of death metal to me. Um, there is a really gross riff that comes in at 30 seconds. I couldn't tell you what it sounds like, but I remember enjoying it. Is it the it. one that goes, boom, It's punk riff. It's a punk riff? Yeah. I wrote down the same thing, though. Okay. I wrote cool-ass riff at 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think this song has some of their better transitions, too, on the album. Um, and there's a really good uh, from the vocalist them, in this one. Would you call them transitions? Or just different riffs? I th- they transition well into the other riffs on this song. Other times, it's kind of iffy for me. Do you agree that the drums carry most of the weight of actually 
doing the the good transitions that they do. I feel like I'm always listening to him when he goes in, and then it's like, oh, that put them into this next thing they're doing. Like, I feel like he carries the weight on that a lot of the time. Um, I guess so. But the final note that I made about this song is, uh, I don't really like uh, this kind of death metal getting super technical and this is only track four and my brain is already mashed potatoes hang on you said it was spaghetti it's both can't be both make it a spaghetti fucking then. mind dennis it's spaghetti <laughs> it's spaghetti and a few of the meatballs fell out so <laughs> too mold broke dennis yeah. no i know i know exactly what you're talking about because like i'll sometimes listen to a one of those famous tech death bands like necrophagist you know and two songs in the songs are a minute and a half long and two songs in i'm like how how long is this album i think it's over yeah uh yeah track four i already wanted this to end the amount of riffs makes makes these songs sound like they go on fucking forever because they never go back to anything Mm -hmm. so it's like what song is this are we still in this song or is this a new song yeah uh, you kind of just get lost maybe that's a choice you know maybe that's their stylistic thing could be this album is definitely way more complex than their previous one their previous one each song was maybe like three riffs at the most and i think it's kind of boring i don't really like it three riffs and then they repeat them or they just do three riffs and the song's done they like just repeat riffs back and forth but i was gonna say i don't think more riffs means complex well the 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 way the songs are written is more complex than it's very simple on the previous one but i was going to say nick it reminded me when the when the new vector album came out like four years ago we were talking about how that album is riff on riff on riff on riff on riff and you made the joke where it sounds like they were sitting there in the the booth listening back and they're like i think we can add something else in between those two riffs and they just went back and added like how long can we remember what to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i i can i mean i don't feel that way with this album um but i know what you mean where there there can just be too much going on too many disparate parts that it can be hard to remember what's going on yeah yeah jacob jacoby did the cover artwork not lucas court uh, Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach. Yeah, same guy. Shout out to Jacob. <laughs> like, Jacoby? Like the, the, yes. That was very like... <laughs> like uh, He did... That's, uh, that's what my sister sounds like when I like say something stupid to her. He did a Smoke on the Water like, cover with Santana. Yes, Max. <laughs> Not bad. You know? Jacoby Shaddix? Yeah, Jacoby Shaddix and Santana did a Smoke on the Water cover. Oh, he's one of the best rock vocalists of the 20th century, by far. Uh, I don't know. Have <laughs> you heard? Have you heard To Be Loved by bad. Papa Roach? He's, he's, I suppose, not, like, he pulled off Smoke on the Water. is isn't hard, it's not like a challenge, like a demanding song. He's got, he has a good energy. Santana? <laughs> what a guitar player that's yeah that's true uh what's your guys soul what's your favorite papa roach album 
the one with suffocation. Or it's called Last Resort. Scars remind us. Those are sellout shit. That's I love getting, that song. <laughs> that's, that's getting no getting away with murder. That's that album, and that song is heavy. Yeah, it's still sellout. They away, tricked you with the heavy single. Getting away, getting away, and then they give you all getting that soft shit. Getting away with murder, and <laughs> is it possible to never tell the truth? I don't like Were it. You when, a Papa Roach fan? I love Papa Roach. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My dad, my dad loved Papa Roach. I was talking to Scott about ICP. Because years ago I stayed at his house and he had an ICP blanket that I used. And I was talking to him about it the other day. I was talking to him about it the other day and I was like, so were you like a juggalo? And he was like, oh yeah, big time. <laughs> oh yeah, like, big time. That's, that's awesome. My dad had, growing up, my dad had um, the amazing Jekyll Brothers Hell yeah. ICP album. The one that had uh, Because You Fucked My Homie on it. <laughs> Your dad's a hard motherfucker. And I remember that song because it went, real because ninja. you fucked my homie. <laughs> my dad is a real ninja, for sure. Don't tell your mom I'm letting you listen to this. I remember, I have a, I have a memory of, of uh, getting the new Beastie Boys to the Five Burrows album from Target. And my mom told me to put it back and get the censored version. Shout out to MCA, RIP. RIP. Um, but I pretended to put back the, put back the explicit version. <laughs> oh, you mm. naughty boy. And then I started listening to it at home, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of F-words on this. I should tell my mom. <laughs> on Beastie Boys? Uh, to the Five Burrows is a very explicit album. Really? Mm-hmm. They're usually pretty safe. They say the F-word a lot. What year was this? 2004. Huh. And they went, like, hard? That's one we check it out. Check it out. Check, 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 check it out. Because in the that in the real version, he says, let's turn this motherfucking party out. What, what 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 what's it all about? I know that yeah. one. That's that song. Let's move on to my favorite song, "Accelerative Phenomena" or "Phenomena." The intro riff on this song, the I love it. I love it so much. It's my favorite part on this whole album, besides the the uh, the brand new sin riff. The, this I say this song probably has the best riffs this song is awesome this was the one um this was the first single that they released for it mm. off of it and i remember you know listening to this this song a couple times like a day for a couple days in a row because i was just like oh this is fucking rules uh i mean the first thing i noticed about this um and it just made me realize about the whole album generally is this is it's all competently played but it's all sonically repetitive and kind of monotonous you can hear that like without the the interlude at track three i mean if you told me this was all just one song i'd probably believe you see and that's that that was one of the reasons why um I was curious to pick kind of a more extreme album because I listen to this kind of music a lot. So it doesn't, um, you know, I can pick out the differences and like all of it, but I was curious to hear like what, you know, some people who don't really listen to kind of like death or black metal all the time, just to hear your opinion on it. Um, 
and see if it sounded, you know, like you just said, where it just sounds like it's kind of one thing going for, for 30 minutes and then it's done. I appreciate the opportunity, Max. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say thank you for broadening my horizons. You're welcome. Um, that's all I got to say. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if I cut you off, Dennis. No, I mean, that was just the main thing I noticed about this song. Um, uh, there's like a breakdown part in this song that I actually enjoy. The, the, the that, wash riff. I have that on there, the chuggy riff with the blast beat. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, the boogie. Where it's just... And it's just... I think. Yeah. I think that's the part. That that part, the lead into that part, I put, might have the best... In, on the album I wrote it. remember when every band in the world did these constantly breakdowns mm-hmm. <laughs> that was what a horrible time like, like 2009 it's a, it's a cool musical idea but like they became like <laughs> poison well what there's yeah because I mean you have bands like fucking what were they called uh, Acacia Strain who literally just the songs are just breakdowns that's all they are I never listened to them yeah, I had to I see them live once hmm. that like I'm post sorry post-hardcore it was bad the, uh, this is a i mean this is a cool example of a breakdown the way those swedish death metal bands would do it yeah well, when they use them sparingly they're a cool musical device yeah i mean it makes the song stand out yeah yeah there's also I, this one has um mosh riff there's it's before i can tell you chronologically the breakdown riff chug uh-huh. it's like uh I don't know. It's like an anthraxy, like it kind of slows down, but doesn't break down totally. It's just kind of like grooves. This song to me, I know I've mentioned them a couple times, but this is extremely like mid era bolt thrower when bolt throwers started slowing down and getting really groovy, but they weren't like, you know, groove. That metal. is probably, yeah, that mosh riff. It's that's kind of the break thrower, the bolt thrower sound. Like, yeah. Like, it, it's hard to not fucking do that, like, bang your head. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. frown, and you, you move your head in a circle slowly. <laughs> you drag your nucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Drag your fucking nucks. I'm getting pretty pretty sick of... Boom. I'll have, you know, boom. new songs pop up in my feed, and it's just caveman death metal. Just shout it in your all, natural voice. <laughs> it, it, I'm getting, I'm getting kind of sick of it. That'll happen. Yeah. That'll happen on those big jobs. I also put it at the end, too, of this song when... I was like, there's a cool solo and like a trade-off melody thing over the last verse. Mm-hmm. I like the that. ending solo is really cool. They right. do some cool intertwined guitar stuff on this album a lot of the time. Speaking of the solo, uh, is there just one in the song? I, I can't remember. But well, I feel like there's a solo and then there's like a weird intertwining melody thing. Like it feels less like a solo and more like two guitars doing a thing together. The last like minute of the song is kind of just like lead work. Okay, yeah. there's there's something that happens later in the song where it sounds like a bumblebee guitar opening. I think it's to the solo. I did you not like, like that. Like that kind of bumblebee stuff? No, like Flight of the Bumblebee, but like a death metal version of it. That's it. That's you were doing... Of. Uh, That's Hollow Mountain King. Yeah. My notes do confirm there was a solo in this song. Good to know. Good. Yeah, then good it notes. stops. Very good notes. <laughs> <laughs> I like this line in this song. He says, Fathoms of Calamity, the Sorrowful Ultimate. <laughs> what does any of this mean? <laughs> yeah. 
spooky sci- sci-fi stuff. Goopy. It's the. I know I've I've uh, maybe I've been a little hard on this. The song titles are also word salad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what does cerulean salvation mean? It's two words: accelerative phenomena. That one kind of makes sense to me. Ultimate accelerative phenomena. Phenomena kind of makes sense, but I'll tell cerulean you one salvation thing. sounds like a Pokemon thing. All- cerulean city. <laughs> Erica. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. All of these song titles would have been better band names. If you showed me a band called Accelerative Phenomena, <laughs> I would have said, I don't want to listen to that. That sounds so Cerulean Salvation joke. is also like a Christian power metal band. <laughs> <laughs> for my Lord, I rise for thee, my Savior. You know, that sounds something I'd enjoy. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk more about Accelerative Phenomena? Or do you want to move on? I'm done. Yeah, I just say uh, good drumming in this song again. Lots of cool, like, fill transitions and accents and stuff. Yeah, I'll just say again, this is my favorite song on the album. Very nice. This next song, Cerulean Salvation. Maybe my favorite song? Really? Yeah. This is this is my least favorite one. I actually kind of thought of you, Brett, when I, like, the verse riff in the song, like, they transform it into like a headbangy yes. riff. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that, that is the first, the first example of fucking songwriting on this album. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool. That's that's a, it was a creative it's, meld of that riff. It's like uh, they have the intro riff, then they go into the verse riff, which is this like snaky slidey thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go back into the intro riff. Literally the second time they repeat a riff on this album. <laughs> Uh, then they do a rockin' version of the slidey riff. Yeah. you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they, they make it like headbanging. They, yeah, like, like on the lower strings and more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, this is the first example of a thoughtful, catchy song yet. I mean, yeah, I like the, the I like the part where, you know, it the, the doomy part where it kind of like slows down and the riffs get really big and there's the solo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I also I wrote down that the, the riffs on this song are especially the intro are very like human era death to the point where it almost just sounds like they just stole a death riff. Um, I said that about the next song. <laughs> yeah, that a lot of this album kind of these last two songs kind of just sounds like they heard like leprosy and human and they're like, yeah. oh yeah. But yeah, on, on this one, yeah, I'd, I'd say I really like the transforming riffs at the beginning. Um, it does lose me a bit in the middle because they do the Carrie Keen like wank solo into the blast beat thing, which I'm just like tired of by this point. <laughs> and then, but then uh, I dig when this song at the end, like it slows down for the last half and just kind of builds mm-hmm. like for the rest of it. I like that. Yeah. It slows. It like starts grinding. Yeah. The, yeah. This song kind of just, um, and the, the reason I say that this is my least favorite is cause this one's hard for me to remember until I start really thinking about it. That doesn't make sense because this is the only time they re- like repeat parts. I think it's, it's the only be- part where they have a hook that they play that they riff on. Yeah, this was one of the other songs that I'd say that I like that I really liked on the album. It's like this, um, "Beg for Life," and uh, the "Infinite Resurrection." See, I was thinking about it earlier, and I think it's because this is in between uh, two of my favorites, the Accelerator Phenomena. And then heat death. 
Um, and especially because of the intro riff for Heat Death is always stuck in my head. So the Cerulean Salvation kind of just feels like the stopgap that, you know, is just in between those two songs. So it's always a little hard for me to remember. Yeah, I like I like how this song kind of just like builds and builds and builds until the it just like kind of stops and gets spooky for like a minute and a half until the next song starts. Um, you you literally the two songs that I think are okay are your least favorite. <laughs> for this song, I I like the intro and I think this one has good riffs too. Um, this song, however, is my least favorite vocal performance. I think he's extra monotonous on this track and he's very annoying. Um, just yeah. lots of like guttural, just like, <clears throat> yeah, I, ha- I hate that shit. Um, you, you could probably tell me like there were no vocals on a couple of these songs and I go, huh, <laughs> I didn't really fucking, I didn't notice that they're, they're very distracting for me. And since Max mentioned that they're like an afterthought, they ruined the album for me, especially on this song. Um, and it's, yeah, yeah, I really didn't notice the vocals most of the time. <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> no, I think they're fine and they're there. Yeah, and the vocals kind of replace the bass. They don't the grab production. my attention that much. Like I said I like them in like the acoustic part and Beg for Life, but that's like the only part where I'm like, oh yeah, the vocals. I, the like, the focus know. of this album is absolutely the riffs and the drums. The bass and the vocals were just rhythm to hey, put you, it You could have told me that there was no bass on this album, and I'd believe you, because I have no idea it's, where it is. It's really hard to hear. Uh, I mean, that's a big negative for me, but we'll get to that later. I couldn't tell you a single bass line from this album. Uh, when I thought I could hear it, he was just following the guitars, and that's not interesting at all yeah um yeah uh i mean this track i just wanted the album to be over it all just (laughs) sounded like cliche death metal shit to me uh i was over it dennis's knuckles were hurting he was dragging them too much he didn't want to drag them anymore that's true i didn't yeah well do you guys want to move on to the the probably the most interesting song in the album heat death one thing I will say is the spooky outro on Cerulean Salvation. I like how it sounds, but it doesn't really transition well into the beginning of Heat Death for me. It sounds very awkward. Yeah, and that's why I don't like the Phosphorine Ultimate is because it just it takes spooky sounds for three minutes and then it just like smacks you in the face with a with riff. Yeah, I will say the fact that Cerulean Salvation and Heat Death both end with like extended outro noises things mm-hmm. it feels kind of cheap it did that to me it's a weird choice that to me feels like the padding i don't feel like the phosphorus track is padding because it has a purpose but like the last two songs just have you know you see a six minute like song length and you're like okay this is gonna be like beg for life it's like riff after riff after riff and then it's like it just quits after four minutes and it's like well we'll hear some like weird alien slugs <laughs> yeah i I actually didn't have a single good thing to say about this song. Sorry, Max. That's fine. I put um, at the beginning what we were just talking about, um, where I was saying uh, the intertwining riffing, um, very death, very human. Are we on heat death? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Very, very human. Um, the I song like is the, like flattening of emotions. Yeah, I like the the guitar, the lead guitar tone works really well in this song for me. Um, like they do the harmonized melodies and stuff, and it's. I've always got kind cool. of a weird feeling from the the harmony line that comes in probably like three or four minutes in 
where the first three or four notes go up a little bit and it sounds kind of nice and then it immediately goes back down and becomes kind of dissonant it's an interesting back and forth in that melody where it he said it almost sounds like hopeful and nice and then it goes back down to being murky and weird and i've always liked that a lot i will say one thing about this song of like by the time that the vocals come in you're like oh this is an instrumental like they yeah. come in really late yeah <laughs> yeah they did they, they fooled me i was kind of into it i was like yeah nice <laughs> instrumental and then, and then the vocals came back in um yeah i thought this song is uh i mean not to say that i thought the album as a whole was strong in any way but i think this is a weak way to end the album um and the song just sounds like a parody of death metal i like i love this song i like the the kind of like the weird uh the like in the background like screams he does near the end of it and to me, the, this song is an interesting counterpart to uh, "Beg for Life." I think where it's it's another long, like twisty, kind of weird song. I liked um, after the vocals came in, like w- one of the verses they uh, they utilize like guitar feedback, like in the verse, and then it like leads like into that picked chord section. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was actually really well done. I like it when bands utilize feedback going into like, in like an actual musical essence of like a song, instead of just like having it be like an effect afterwards or something like that, or yeah. just to be noise. Like, I, I like I, that. And I like that this song kind of ends on quite a bit of like moody and ominous kind of atmosphere. Oh, I hated um, that. It sounded like spooky alien diarrhea. So, gross no, I mean, aliens I mean, like squirming around. Let me I talk mean the about actual, the actual music, like the oh. riffs. Yeah. The, Let me way, talk about the, the way the music ends is very ominous and kind of. Hmm. Let me talk about the sound effects. If you're, I'm sorry, are you? Go on, baby boy. Thank you, honey. The sound effects at the end. Alien sounds, right? Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put so, alien slugs squirming around. This album has kind of one thing going for it, and it's the conceptual link between the song titles, probably the lyrics. I don't know. It is a concept and, album. Yeah, and the uh, sound effects, which are basically horror movie noises. The song is called Heat Death. Heat Death is the event where the universe essentially ends. It's like the collapse of all thermal energy in the universe. Thanks, why Professor. Are there, why are there alien sounds? If it's the song is about the complete end of the universe, let's look at the lyrics. Could it be? Can a, we? Could it be a rebirth? Could it be? Maybe the a, slugs survived the heat death. No, it's impossible. There's no energy. You don't know what those slugs are like. Maybe they ate the fucking. I slug. think. I think. Th- th- I think say, it was diarrhea. Max, <laughs> <laughs> Max, save this for me because I think that this makes the even the concept seem fucking half-assed and word salad and like like they're just putting noises wherever to make it sound like spooky shit yeah yeah put that put that alien diarrhea it looks like the song the song is about the whatever is consuming throughout the album consumes everything and the sun dies and so the universe kind of just becomes one mass and that seems to be the point there's nothing about about heat. 
So Heat Death is just words that they used as a title. They were like, that sounds cool. It would appear that way. <laughs> well, this song, I, I completely fucking tuned out. Like, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it <laughs> anymore, man. Yeah. Okay. Max, should we? All right, guys. Should we get to our world-famous section, The Good? Yeah. I feel like I'm the only one that's going to have The Good. I have some good. I have good. I have good. I guess I'll start, and I'll just say, um, I I think almost everything is good. So let's move on to bread. Nick, <laughs> <laughs> it, are are you serious? I mean, I don't really have much to say, much to add, besides kind of what we talked about with every song. Um, I would I would actually like to say that I think the production, except for the bass, the production is perfect. I think it is just like the perfect death metal sound where it's it's huge and like kind of cavernous but there's still a lot of definition to everything i like i like the production as well i would i would like to hear the bass yeah i didn't even i didn't even notice that there's no bass on this album i don't really think it needs it i don't know what it would add it's just more depth to the sound but the cavernousness i think it's that void of space that I mean, this makes album, it feel spacey, I think. If you listen to this album like loud, it just sounds huge. It just sounds like... I bet you, you know. the I bet you the bass was just doubling whatever the guitars were doing the whole time. Oh, definitely. Like, and that's that's fine for this. Um, I also think the performances are fantastic, um, particularly the drum work. Drum work is super good on this album. And at first... I did not like how short this album was when I first got it. I was kind of disappointed because, like I said, once you cut out the atmospherics, it's like 31 minutes long. But the more I listen to it, the more I kind of like that. It's just it's compact, and there's not there's not any filler. I think it's so. a good thing for an album to leave you like wanting, you know. Yeah. That <laughs> as opposed to overstaying its welcome. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoy shorter albums. Same. Typically. Um It depends. I mean, like, you know, you have something it, it depends on the style and obviously the band and their ability to create. You know, Nick is I mean, but, hinting to his admiration of the Beatles White album. I think for me I've always been a whitehead, yeah. You like Rocky Raccoon? You love that shit, Nick. It's a song on that yeah nick you yeah. love it i'm i'm sure that's where the little raccoon mascot guy you like got the name from <laughs> the raccoon man you like so i would say for me for me 45 to 50 minutes is the perfect album length unless it's a very like atmospheric how long album. is this i'm sorry this album with all the interludes and stuff is 38 minutes that's fine yeah, yeah. i think it um, depends on the style and for this kind of style i think that's a good length for very like atmospheric, mm-hmm. very progressive music, I like it to be at least an hour long. I think, but most of the time, I think forty-five minutes is a sweet spot for for a record. Um, but I was gonna say, again, I, I mentioned earlier, I like how this album is predominantly mid-paced. In that, there's just a lot of kind of ebb and flow with the speed, where it'll slow down, it'll speed up, but it kind of sticks in that faster mid-paced mode a lot and i like that because it makes it a little easier for me to 
to focus on what's going on when it's not just nonstop blast beats and everything is clear and like the riffing is audible it's not it's never like chaos yeah and it It never gets into that like cannibal corpseness where it's like i don't even know what these fucking guitarists are doing yeah and like the production like i said it's like it's like murky and kind of grimy but it's still very clear Mm -hmm. you can hear what's going on there's some sort of spaciousness like and you can hear it in the drums like there's an echo like you can feel the room there's i i do i enjoy the production yeah i had a note in here on the good that said the variety of the guitar tones is usually fitting what they're trying to do like i said the uh i talked about it earlier like the the buzz saw is kind of in effect even though it's not uh it's not quite as bass heavy as you would typically see bands with that kind of tone used like i said all of you know entombed or dismember bands like that um but i do think that the the guitar tones are usually effective and fitting for what they're trying to do for sure i enjoyed the production too um i wish the bass was louder but i don't even wish that the bass itself was louder more just like the bass as a whole in the production like of just the overall sound like that's what i was kind of saying about the guitar earlier i think it kind of works at whatever like you know that's like kind of an eq tone tonal thing and like they're super detuned and all the rest are like girl you know i think if you had i don't know that can get too low endy and like no such fucking thing. just annoying <laughs> yeah there is it does make me curious what they what what tuning they use all right I have no. It, I mean, I have no. They're idea. not in standard, is all I can tell. Just the way that the lowest notes sound. They're they too could be they floppy. Mean, they could be like nylon playing drop A. I don't think they're. I don't think it's that low. Yeah, they're not that low. that low. It sounds. I think they're like drop D or something. It like sounds that. like that. Whatever Morbid Angel played, which was probably one or two steps down. Wasn't didn't Morbid Angel play in drop C? I don't know. I don't know. I just know Nile plays in drop A, and I've always thought that's funny because their riffs are so fast and technical, and I like to pretend because their, their strings are tuned so so loose that they're playing like on spaghetti. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like that's why the guitars are so long; they have the extended necks. <laughs> they they need it. Is that real? Yeah. Interesting. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Is that why they also have eight strings so they can get a lower sound without having to make it spaghetti? No, I mean. The string count, not so much. I mean, it, the the neck length actually has to do with that more because it, you know, they can tighten it. Completely we were on topic. the good. We were talking about the production, and then we went off topic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else have anything they want to add to the good? Uh, in line with the production, the lead tone, I like it a lot. Yeah, I like the guitar tone too. Yeah, I like it. It's used well. It pops up like once or twice in every song, and it's like. The, that distant, cool... Uh, it's very phasery. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know what it, what effect that is, but there's something going on with it where it sounds unique, and that would be really one of the only things in this album that if I heard it, I would go, okay, I recognize that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's... Um, I think one of, one of the things that they did that's actually, like, truly unique-sounding... And I, I guess I, I will say again, like like I said earlier, a lot of the bands in the, in the modern death metal scene do all kind of sound the same. 
and this is one of the one of the albums that really stands out um and i, I just that's a plus for me that it doesn't it doesn't sound like they're just regurgitating uh caveman riffs and and playing it with a, a whole lot of reverb and then putting it on a disc and shipping it out to me it's a pebble in an ocean that i ain't getting in <laughs> that's okay there's sharks there's sharks in there you know sharks are actually more afraid of you than you are of them bull not true spit <laughs> bull spit you've seen them teeth <laughs> they got a lot of teeth Nick oh yeah um so good that we haven't already talked about um I said it on the first song uh but when this band does slow gross riffs i feel like they're at their best that's my favorite like parts of the album are the slow grimy sounding riffs and stuff um i think in those moments especially the atmosphere and the theming really works for what they're trying to do on this record um you can tell they were experimenting with song structure. I don't feel like this is like typical old school death metal in that regard. It's not like a hundred percent throwback to me, um, which is good. Um, and I also already mentioned too, in multiple of the songs, but the, the drums are pretty great to me. Um, I love listening to like, it's like you can hear the thought process of when he was like, okay, well we can go into this by, you know, doing this. And like, it's pretty fluent and creative for how, spastic the music is just on its own you did remind me um of of a thought i had is that this feels very inspired yeah like they were they were really into what they were doing yeah yeah you could tell that they put a lot of thought into it and and like like you guys said quite a bit of it is pretty derivative at times um but it sounds like they were you know like i said they were they were really into what they were playing i feel like for the style that they play you can tell that they put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, they were, um, and they were having a lot of fun. Fun, yes. And you could tell that with the theme, too. Like, the whole the package, the art, and the uh, sound s- samples. Like, that's some mm-hmm. that's some silly, like, nerdy shit. That's yeah, fun. That was, my, that was my last note on the good, actually, was that I, like, I think the sound effects and the samples are fun and fit the concept they're going for. Yeah. So. I'd actually, I'd, I'd really like to hear these guys, or at least whoever did the, the ambient stuff, I'd kind of like to hear like a whole album, like ambient record by him. It was a drummer. Kind of, the drummer did it. It's what kind a of talented fella. Yeah, he is. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like stock horror movie synth. I like that stuff. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but I, I, I mean, I wouldn't want an album of it. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't listen to that either, but you know, I'm sure he could pull it off. I like ambient music quite a bit. Uh, but not to the point. I think that's it. that pretty much covers my good, yeah. Dennis. Okay. Um, I mean, most of the stuff I was going to say has already been covered, but I think we we're just going to say. I mean, it's music. It it is it is music. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, the only other thing I was going to say is uh, playing the drums and doing the vocals at the same time takes a lot of talent. Uh, it's a good drum performance. Um, yeah, that's the only other thing I wanted to add to my good. I would agree with you. Okay. Yeah, I like the drums a lot. <clears throat> yeah, the drums. 
the drums are good. <laughs> the um, drums on this one. Yeah, I you know I gotta say I think I like the drums on this one quite drums. a bit. Drums. Um, now I shout out to Max on drums. Yeah, shout out to Max. Uh, good job shout out to the drums. whole Klebanoff family, honestly, <laughs> for raising such a fine boy. <laughs> it's tough up there in Canada. It gets cold, you know. Probably depends. It definitely depends on where you are. <laughs> I've heard some parts of Canada can get you know a little warm. Some parts get a little cold. It's a country the size of a continent. It is quite quite a large country. I hear that sometimes it can get to zero. That's Kelvin? pretty cool. Zero. Zero Kelvin. Wow. That's heat death. Just zero. So anyways, should we move on to our award-winning section, the bad? Yes. For me, the bad, um, as I said, I think the vocals are very monotonous. Um, and I think sometimes he can sound kind of silly. He's got that very, very, like, bellowing guttural. Sometimes he can sound kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he sounds silly. <laughs> sometimes it sounds like he's forcing a little too much air out, um, doing a little too much like the O face, you know? He's pretty one note. He's, I mean, he's Literally he, and... Literally one note. <sighs> yeah, he has he has three notes. I don't... He does. It doesn't bother me at all because just death metal as a genre... That's kind of just, I don't know, I, I just tune it out. It's not, it doesn't add or subtract anything. It's kind of an extra rhythmic device, and he's not really interesting with it. But the music kind of carries all that, that I think, you know, it's just sort of mm-hmm. a, is there. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I focus a lot on vocals. I find vocals to be a sticking point a lot of times for me. I do too, not in death metal. It, for me, it's almost like all music. If I don't, if I, if there's something about even like harsh vocals that I, I don't like about it, it can make it hard for me to enjoy the whole record. Yeah, I'm not um, saying that. Like, I think his vocal performance is great or anything, um, but I will say that with death metal, especially death metal like this, if a vocalist is like really dynamic and all over the place, I usually don't like it. Like the focus is usually the riffs and the music. Mm-hmm. Like, and not saying that the vocals can't be good or more interesting. I just mean like if he was, you know, going all over the place and going high one second, then low the next or whatever, I'd That's probably be much. like, I'd probably be like, this is the. I feel like, <laughs> like, like, feel like Axl Rose. Yeah, I like 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 Peter from Vader. I think he's got kind of the perfect mix of. He's got a lot of like style and, and, and tone variations, but he always sounds the same, you know. But he does a lot with his very limited range, yeah. Without going, like you said, kind of up and down a scale, yeah. I think Corpse Grinder is kind of like just the standard of a guy with like three different sounds that he interchanges, kind of. He's got to the, good effect. He's got the and then. Yeah. That's what he's got. That's what he does. He's got like low, mid, high. Yeah. And that's those are the three death metal. Like literally, that's what they're I've never they liked his them. voice very much. I, I think he's he's there. Yeah. He works. He's there and it's a lot more interesting. Like, you know, if you have to put these guys on a scale, he's a I don't know, just more rhythmically uh intuitive than this guy. I will say this guy's drumming at the same time, so but yeah, yeah. I, I will say that 
the first um i don't know why but when i first put this album on i nick i thought it was just a vocalist and i was like oh that sucks the the ambient interlude song is placed very poorly i think it should be a couple songs later i think it ruins the flow and it feels pointless where it's placed um i like it as a as an ambient interlude interlude but i think being the third song in a heavy fast album is a weird choice this album has zero songwriting credibility for me like this is a string of riffs period this is high school dudes putting riffs together they don't repeat them or think about there's no song identity there's no hook there's no there are two examples of that and it's in the second song and cerulean blue blobitus <laughs> salvation yeah, I, I think the th- i think i don't know and then the package i don't know i would i would kind of fundamentally disagree with you that music needs to have hooks and uh, easily identifiable structure to be well written some um, semblance of structure this is this is then this then this then this then this then this then this next song this then this then this then this then this there's no structure i mean t- to me i've i've listened to it enough that the the way everything's put together makes sense to me i don't think you should have to listen to something 60 times to understand what they're going for I couldn't listen to it one time all the way through. And I got to the last song and I was fucking falling asleep. And that was after three, four attempts. <laughs> the riffs, I mean, the riffs are good. The riffs are good. Yeah. But like, even those, like the most extreme old school death metal bands would, they'd have a hook, they'd go to something else and they'd hit you back with that hook. And it's like, fuck yeah. Like, I love that song because it's got that riff that keeps fucking pounding you this is like i don't even remember it just keeps moving on and maybe that's a stylistic thing but it doesn't work for me for those at home we've been nodding our heads everyone agrees with what i'm saying completely (laughs) (laughs) i know i do um we've actually decided um, to stop recording the podcast forever just because we (laughs) agree with brett the uh the theme i think mostly works but the heat death song title like the song titles are garbage the lyrics from what i read were pretty cool like but i'm sort of starting to think that they're nonsense actually they're just words that they're putting together it's very it's 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 lyric writing that is evocative it makes you think of weird, cool things in your head. It makes you think that it's like sci-fi poetry, but I don't think it is. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I, it's I, just cool words put together. I can tell they probably made up a story, but I feel like it doesn't really hold. Well, the story comes full circle when... Um, also, not really like... It's super derivative, but very, very well performed. And that won't that wouldn't kill it if it was... Um, I don't know, a really derivative morbid angel warship band that wrote fucking songs as good as the songs on Covenant. I'd be like, yeah, this is fucking cool shit. Yeah, there's there's for me, for me there's a lot of merit to derivative bands that are very inspired. 
this I don't think is inspired. That's I, I agree with you, but disagree about this. Well, see, and I like like I've said, I also don't think this is very derivative. I think it's very inspired by certain classic bands, but I don't think they're straight up aping them. I, th- I mean, they've got. I don't know. I don't. I haven't heard anything else they've done. The only identity I hear is in that lead guitar, and the rest, and and maybe like the concept. You know, if they stick with this concept forever, then they'd be like the band that does that thing. They'd have kind of a thing. Yeah, they have to have a make or break moment. That's kind of what I got from this album. It was like I liked this for the most part. Um, but it, I feel like there's an identity there, like they're on the, but I feel like it's like they're on the cusp of something. I don't feel like they're there yet. I feel like they could do something that I would really dig and, and be like totally like, oh shit, like that's different and cool. Um, and cause, cause there's, there's hints of that. Like I said, Um, that's their, their last two albums, you know, I enjoyed them. I didn't think they were nearly as good as, you know, all the best year-end lists were saying. But then this one came out, and I was like, oh, you know, there's, they've, yeah. they've progressed their sound a lot, and yeah. it sounds good. I said there's there's hints of something that could be really unique and cool in here. I just don't feel like they've 100% reached it. And I hope, too, because they're kind of one of, like Max was saying at the very beginning of this, they're kind of one of those scene darlings of this like new old school death metal revival that's going on. And I hope that they don't become like content. I hope that they stay inspired and try different things and do some other stuff because I think that they have the talent and the capability to do something else, especially since they've been putting out so much like in such a short amount of time. I mean, like I think they could do something really cool. Um, But like I said, this feels like a, (sighs) like a stepping stone in the grand scheme to me, as opposed to like being like this great achievement, you know, like I would say kind of on that topic, the, the other big modern death metal scene, darling is blood incantation. Oh yeah. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed their first album, but their second one that came out not very long ago, I liked it a lot at first, but the more I listened to it kind of just felt like they were, they were trying a little too hard to live up to what everyone wanted to hear from them. Yeah. And it just, it's, it, that is one of those ones where it sounds a little like they're just trying to hit the notes that they're supposed to. Whereas their first one sounded like they were just doing their thing. Yeah. This feels like a step out into something else, but it's not like fully there. I'm interested to hear what they do next. Yeah, like I'll like I'll definitely check it out from listening to this. Oh, I'll be following to mold. <laughs> but, um, You'll be molding. Yeah. All right, did you have anything else to say, Brett? No. Anybody? All right. Yeah. Well, all I really have to say, um, for an album that is so short, uh, it feels like it loses focus sometimes. Uh, the tone's not consistent to me through every song, but when the the songs where it really fits, I think it really works and it's good, but it's not all the time for me. Uh, and we were all just talking about the guitar and stuff, but like uh, <laughs> the guitar sometimes sounds like 
to me like it was recorded in a completely different setting <laughs> and like the lead tone doesn't always fit and kind of does some i don't know takes me out a little bit sometimes um i think yeah. it feels like outer space you know like that's the one one of the conceptual things that worked for me yeah i don't know it just didn't always work for me and like a couple of the songs drag for me which isn't great when there are only six actual songs like i'd say like three out of the six actual songs like kind of drag for me at, at a point and i'm like uh you know that's that's not great for such a short album and also i already mentioned this before but the blast beat trope uh after doing like a cool riff and sounds like like just going into like some frantic shit like uh that trope is very real on this album uh and last thing i'll say is just uh the composition aspect i mentioned on a couple songs how i thought that the composition felt really on purpose and it was engaging um the other half you know is basically what we've all kind of been talking about a little bit in the fact that uh you know, I feel like about half of it is really well thought out and really on purpose, and then the other half is like, pick a riff, fit it in. You know, let's put yeah. some Whitleys here. Yeah, Ken's got this riff. Dave's got this riff. They kind of work. Just do that. Or if they don't, just do it. Do a solo, <laughs> and then the song's done. And then and then do do a <laughs> dindle. But yeah, that's that's about all I have for my bad. Okay. Um. I felt like this whole album was completely unoriginal, uh, old school death metal worship. Um, I think 90% of it is derivative of an older death metal band. Um, they don't consistently sound like one death metal band throughout the whole album. It's just bits and pieces of ones and it all just kind of sounds like shit I've heard before. Uh, I mean, there's like moments that sound like death. There's moments that sound like morbid angel and then entombed. Um, it, it's not bad. Uh, it's just unoriginal and kind of derivative to me. Um, I think the album just totally loses steam in the second half. I just kind of don't give a shit about it after the third track. Um, I think the vocals are really annoying. Um, and they've got that awful low caveman style that I just hate. Um, can't understand a fucking word he's saying hate that um <laughs> the, i mean the lyrics are actually like decent sci-fi fodder it's all just kind of bullshit but i mean it's kind of interesting um and yeah i the album just kind of sounds like a parody to me and it's it's just not sonically pleasing overall in my opinion and I like a lot of newer maybe I wouldn't say a lot but a handful of newer death metal bands I think Blood Incantation is a way better band than Tombold um, I think Horrendous is a lot better I think Chapel of Disease is a lot better and I mean pretty much all the bands that Tomb Mold sounds like on this album are better bands in my opinion too and I just don't really see a point in this so yeah Max don't cry Max is crying guys you fucking cry baby <laughs> get it together you gotta wrap this up overalls boys 
overall. I'm the odd one out. Uh, basically, the polar opposite of Dennis. I think this is a very fresh, uh, very very inspired by the classics, but a very fresh take on it. Um, it's one of the the modern death metal albums that has really stuck out to me as being worthwhile, and like I said, just kind of like a fresh fresh new take on the sound. Um, overall, I love it a lot. I would give it an 88 out of 100. Very, very generous. <laughs> Great score, Max. Nice score. So this is Brett. <laughs> yes, it is. This is a well-produced, well-performed, unstructured mess. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, and that's, there are no songs here. Uh, I give it a 50. I'm going to say... That's more generous than I expected. I mean, the, these dudes can fucking play. These riffs are awesome. But they need to, like, pull it together. <laughs> Make a song. That I mean, that's all. That's all. You know, I, I'm at, I've said it all. Okay. Good, good try. <laughs> Nick? Um, yeah. No, uh, this band has some cool ideas. And uh, they're trying to meld... Uh, a recognizable style into something different. But like I said earlier, I feel like they're in the infancy stages of possibly doing something really unique eventually down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, not every song worked for me. Um, Guitar production's a little wonky. And the promise of the uh, conceptual premise isn't consistent for me the whole way out, even though I really like it when it hits. But um, I like the atmosphere. I like it overall. I gave it a 70. That was pretty good. And I'll watch them from the future. You'll watch them from the future? Into the future. Oh, okay. Is what I meant to say. I thought you had a time machine that you were hiding from me. I might. Let me guess your score. Yeah, go for it. 44. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to guess lower. Huh? I'm going to guess lower. He's in the 30s. <clears throat> really? Yeah. I don't think so. Hmm. You don't think so? Well, I didn't have much to say. Positive here. Well, um, as derivative and redundant as I think this band is, and I think it's kind of pointless to follow this band um, just because this music already exists and it was more original when it was done the first time. Um, the album's not a complete disaster. Uh, I mean, it has its merits and it's completely listenable. Um, I just won't be revisiting it again, but I do kind of agree with what Nick was saying that I might, you know, if two mold releases a new single late this year and early next year, I might peep it, take a look. You might uh, peep it. Dennis? I might peep it. Um, I mean, Who I says that. I, that's what the Dennis. kids are saying these days. That's what they say. I've never heard that. That's no what cat. they say. That's what they say. You might peek, peek on it. God, peep. you're so behind Brett. <laughs> I said no, the peep. Kid, the kids say no cap. No cap. No cap. Like, no limit. Sky's the limit. I don't know that's, if that's how, what it means. That's what we would have said in my day. Sky's the limit. Hmm. Ch- buddy. You know, we, we always called each other buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. This was fire. Oh, it definitely wasn't fire. Um, yeah, I, I've said enough on it. I don't completely hate it, but... But you didn't like it. I did not like it. Um, but it's not a dumpster fire. I gave it a 61. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. okay. 
That was a surprise. Wait, did I make mine lower? <laughs> Wait. You did rate this 10 points lower than Macho Man rap album. I listened to that dozens of times. I know. He this that is, a lot. Brett this is, liked that. I, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call this unlis- unlistenable, but this is this was a difficult listen for me. I would agree with I, that. It was difficult for me as well, but this has much more musical merit than Macho Man rapping. <laughs> Disagree. There, there's... Uh, <laughs> There's better playing, but <laughs> there's better better playing. playing. There is better playing. I don't know when Macho Man did that solo. It was pretty sick. Put a fu- I don't know. Repeat a riff once. That's all I fucking ask for. Uh, that's that's not a requirement for me. About to, like to be good music, you don't have to have repetition. Uh, I would prefer no repetition rather than like really hard repetition. I don't want. I'm not asking for really hard repetition, but sometimes that's kind of a problem i have with the last few enslaved albums have been cool proggy riffs that they just play one for a couple minutes they play a different cool proggy riff for a couple minutes then they play the first one again then they play the second one again then they do it again and then the song's over and it's like this sucks (laughs) there's a there's a middle ground yeah and Stairway to Heaven nailed it. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard November Rain? That one nailed it too. I love that song. There, I mean, there are that, reasons some of these songs are fucking great epics. No, November Rain borrows heavily from an ex-Japan song called Endless Rain. You should check that out. I believe uh, it's Cross-Japan. It's not. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, hey, what's our, what's our percentage? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Adding the scores together, this album has a score of 67.25. Tied with Police Synchronicity, the fucking 1980s massive classic. It is not tied. It is not tied. It's tied. It's better. It's .25 better than Synchronicity. (laughs) I make my score lower. (laughs) Can't do that. We discussed this. The list is bullshit anyway, guys. That's the whole point. Yeah, That's but it's what we're it, doing. Yeah, but it's bullshit. Two Mold sits at the fifth best album of all time right now. Is it also the third worst, though? It is also the third worst. All right. Um, is the highest Faith No More? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> and then Deep Purple? That's weird. Yeah, and then Machine Head. I'll just go through it. Starting at the top, The Real Thing by Faith No More with an 87%. And then in second place, we have Machine Head with an 84.75%. And then the third best is Purple Rain with an even 80. And then it's Fleetwood Mac with a 79.75. And then it goes to Planetary Clairvoyance with the 67.25. And then Synchronicity with the 67 even. And then Be a Man by Macho Man with the 44 <laughs> at the bottom. All right, so it's a Nicholas now, right? Yeah. Yep. Next week, it is Nick's turn to pick. Nick the dig. <laughs> Let's get it on. I like, ca- I like calling him Pickle Nick. Nick? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, we're going to stick in the metal genre of things, but we're going very opposite <laughs> to Tomb Mold. Um, we're going to talk about a uh, progressive power metal record that i've owned since i was a teenager that has had like a sleeper impact on me and i haven't really talked about this band a lot with even some of you guys 
Um, I think I know who it is, but keep talking. Um, but it is something that I kind of rediscover almost every year. And I just love this album and this band is great. And, uh, I think it'll be fun to talk about. It's going to be the longest album that we've talked about. <laughs> oh shit. Is it a double album? No, okay. no, it's Give not. It's it's just long. Are, are they South American? No, they're from, they're from, uh, Norway actually. They're from Norway. But they're a progressive power metal band. Progressive, a Norwegian progressive power metal band. Yes. Duke? <laughs> Friends? No. <laughs> Where are they from? I don't know. I, dude, I don't know anything about Duke, okay? okay. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were a Duke guy. <laughs> what letter do the, does the band start no, with? No, no. Let me just cold out guess. Is it Conception? No. Fuck. No. Norwegian progressive power? I knew the Norway thing would throw you guys Mutiny? off. Mutiny? No. Wasn't that a band? No, they're no. Brazilian. They're Brazilian too. Yeah. It's not that psychotic waltz band, is it? No, 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 no. That's not power metal. That's that's more like thrash stuff. What 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 what's the first letter of the band? P. It's not Power Quest. Are they um is it that Blind Guardian Warship band? What are they called? It's not Oh, Savage Circus? No. Yeah. That actually had Toman from Blind Guardian in it too. That's why they sound like that. I got it. That's not an excuse. I know what it is. It is actually. (laughs) That is that is the only excuse, isn't it? (laughs) It's Death Crush by Mayhem. <laughs> Progressive power metal? Yeah. <laughs> I got it. You stumped me, my friend. I told you, I don't think I've talked about this band a lot, but this this album is a huge album for me. I really love it. And I recently really? kind of got into it again. Let's, uh... Is it Circus Maximus? Nope. Starts with a P. Is it Poco? No. More hits. Do we even know who these are? These guys are? Yeah. I've... Uh, Brett... You you know who it is, but you just might not remember, because I used to have this album in my car in high school. I'm I'm just gonna say you've stumped me. I can think of no power metal bands from Norway. You guys just gonna type it in, or you want me to tell you? Uh, Pagan's Mind. That's it. Pagan's uh, Mind. I, uh, <laughs> it just came to me. Pagan's Mind. We're gonna talk about Celestial Entrance. Oh, I didn't know they were from Norway. They are. Yeah. Um. Huh. So yeah, everybody uh, watch the Stargate movie and listen to this album. <laughs> Is and, it about uh, Stargate? No, but there's a lot of references That's, to it. I saw that for the first time, like maybe two years ago. That's one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, dude, you're going to love this album then. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot oh. of Stargate references. Um, I won't say it's not necessarily about Stargate, but we'll talk about it next time. It's okay. But yeah, Pagan's Mind, Celestial Entrance. Okay. Well, everybody. Still, I was going to say, this is be good. I've been meaning to listen to that album for a really long time. Pagan's mine. We're going to do it. Nice. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go ahead and listen along with us to Pagan's Mind. Celestial, Celestial Entrance. Celestial Entrance. And watch That's the Stargate sexual, movie. For sure. Watch Stargate. Thank you. Let us know what you think. Bye. <laughs>